Imagine a tomorrow powered by innovation, bringing the world together through real conversations about world-changing ideas, expert discussions with no boundaries. Coming up... In some sense, we need to get back to the days when women did the computing work. It was expected that women were the ones that did the computing work. It's not that way now, but, but we don't want to go all the way back. We, we want a gender-balanced workforce in, in computing. We need to get to that point where it's just so obvious that you, you wonder why people even questioned why women couldn't do this work. This is the Real Conversations podcast by Nokia. Here is Michael Hainsworth. Ada Lovelace is considered the inventor of computer programming. Back in the 1800s, when men were designing steam-powered computers and women were considered property. And at about the same time, the great-great-grandfather of Bell Labs Chief Technology Office partner Ann Lee immigrated to Canada. Lee is the 2020 Ada Lovelace honoree as a pioneering software engineer in telecommunications technology. Today, Lee is speaking out about the importance of putting women back into the history books of computing. The Ada Lovelace honoree recognition is something that Nokia started a couple of years ago. And the idea is to to help uh, women in tech um, in Nokia, but not just in Nokia, but outside of Nokia, because this is something that is also publicized outside of Nokia. And the idea is to show that women are capable of doing work uh, in the tech area and not just capable of doing work in the tech area, but can significantly in, in the tech area. And to me, it's important not just to, not necessarily that I need to be recognized, but I think that women should be recognized. Uh, It's nice that I've been recognized, but uh, I think it's important that in general, women are recognized for their achievements and that especially that um, people know that by the recognition that people can see that women uh, can be successful in, in the, um, in the field. And that's important to have role models for young girls, as well as for young women who are just starting their careers. Um, and also women who are in the middle of their careers and looking to move up, um, to see that it's possible to have these achievements is, is important um, to 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 women and also to men to for for men to know that women can do this as well, uh, and that would make for a uh, a better collaborative, inclusive environment for all. I would have thought by this point we wouldn't need to have to remind some men that women are just as capable as they are in these fields. Um, but to your point, it, it seems like we still have to to bang that drum from time to time. Um, How do you feel about the progress that's been made over your career? Um, Unfortunately, I'm I'm actually quite disappointed um, in what has happened in the field in general. I went to college in the 1980s, and in the 1980s uh, in the U.S., there were almost 40% of the students in um, majoring in computer science, uh, were women, were female. And today it's 20% or less in general. I mean, there are some universities that are making great strides and actually getting to 50, 
uh, percent. Uh, and I applaud them and I wish other universities would follow their lead. Um, but it, it has been disappointing that this has happened. And I think that uh, a great, uh, the, you know, part of the reasons for that, and, and many people have done studies on why did this happen, is because of this reinforcement of a cultural stereotype that just isn't, um, isn't even historically accurate, right? There are people today who don't even know that there were women who were working in computing at the beginning of the field of computing. And, and there were plenty of female pioneers in the computing field. But today, it seems that society has, has, has amnesia and has forgotten about them. And I think one of the important things we need to do is bring these women back into the forefront so that society as a whole knows about them these women and knows that women have been doing computing since the beginning. And, um, and when we wouldn't have these issues uh, where people question whether women can do the work or not, or have any interest in doing this work. It's interesting you point this out because most people don't even know that the word computer comes from a job title. It was women who were the world's first computers. Yes, um, the term computer can go back as far as uh, the 1600s, and the word computer really referred to a profession, and the profession was doing mathematical calculations. And in the past, maybe hundreds of years ago, there were there were uh, universities that did um, uh, research in different scientific fields, like in astronomy, and some of these um, scientists would hire young women who had math backgrounds to do the calculations that were needed. And they were called computers. Um, uh, today, we call them human computers to distinguish them from today's electronic computers. Uh, but back then, when electronic computers didn't exist, they, they were just called computers. While Alan Turing gets most of the credit for cracking the Enigma code of the Germans during the Second World War, the women of Bletchley Park were the ones who really made it happen behind the scenes. And we've only started telling their stories. Uh, the influence that these stories have on girls and young women must be incalculable. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. If they were known, I, I would say that absolutely that if young girls, young boys also know that know about these uh, code breakers, um, know about these early mathematicians who were doing these incredible um, things that help, for instance, in this case, uh, win the war, um, then there would be a much different uh, perception of who can do what type of work. There are also um, well-known people out there who have uh, either have worked as code breakers or are associated with code breakers. For, for instance, um, Bill Nye, the science guy, his mother was a World War II code breaker. Uh, I think one of the reasons why we don't know about some of these women is uh, for a long time, their, their work when they were doing the work was supposed to be secret. Uh, obviously, that makes sense. But even after the war was over, they, they continued to keep that secret. And um, by keeping that secret, it, it meant that 
people didn't know that women were doing this work and that that is also um, a problem. But now I think that we're far enough away from from the war that uh, that it no longer needs to be a secret. And we should start to now bring them back into the history books. The 2016 film Hidden Figures cost $25 million to make, grossed almost 10 times that amount, was nominated for Best Picture. What does this all tell you about the interest in telling women in STEM stories? I think that there's there's definitely a market out there for learning about the history of women working in tech. If you were a white male, would you wish to be an engineer? I wouldn't have to. I'd already be one. Yes, it's an uphill battle. But yes, who else is playing? I don't know if I can keep up in that room. Just make that pencil move as fast as your mind does. We should have more movies like that. It it was an incredible, even for me, an eye-opening movie. And I learned later on, doing a little bit more research, that NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory had hired almost exclusively women uh, to do computing work, uh, to do com- human, com- what we call today human computer work, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And, and they didn't just hire women, um, they, there were black women as well as Asian women and Caucasian women uh, who worked in, um, in NASA and in the Jet Propulsion Laboratories uh, working as computers. And, and that's and movies like that that become so popular should help in educating uh, society about what women did do and accomplish in computing in the past and what women can do uh, and what women are, um, I guess, biologically skilled um, and inclined to, to do. Um, I think it tells that story, uh, but but one movie is not enough. We need to see more of that uh, from Hollywood. Tell me about biologically skilled. What's the science behind that? There are some myths about what men are biologically innately capable of doing and should do, and what women are biologically innately capable of doing and, and should do. So you may have heard this idea of um, women are creative, men are logical, which I think is a, is a myth in many ways. Uh, for example, I personally think that good engineers are logical, but great engineers are creative. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because the 2017 anti-diversity memo at Google claimed women were more interested in people than things and tended to be more social and artistic. Frankly, I don't see anything wrong with that. Neither did Google. They fired that engineer. With women making up 51% of the population, how can we help people understand the role diversity in thought, social skills, and art play in better corporate and social outcomes? Yeah, we definitely do much better. And I think there are studies that show that companies do better if we have uh, people from different backgrounds with different skill sets that are raised differently. Uh, so they have different perspectives uh, overall uh, to make better products and solutions. I was reading recently about an AI soap dispenser that didn't work for 
African-Americans because they forgot to test for darker skin. There are all kinds of examples like that where when you have only one type of person doing the work, they they lack the full perspective uh, to address the whole market that's possible for that product or solution. Well, that ties into the types of issues we're addressing right now with machine learning and artificial intelligence. You know, artificial intelligence is not very intelligent yet. How do we ensure we don't embed bias into machine learning algorithms? We definitely, um, and there is work being done, and we need to continue to support it, that um, AI agents that are being developed are fair, uh, are transparent. And one way to ensure that, there's multiple, uh, multi-prong approaches to this um, that will hopefully make this uh make this a reality that that we don't embed biases into the AI. Um, there are regulations that governments can uh, instill and the EU in Europe uh, have a set of uh, responsible AI regulations that they're working on that uh, AI agents will have to comply to. That's, that's one way. Um, researchers are also working on making sure that the way in which we uh, develop AI um, is addressing that um, potential problem and, and making sure that the AI does not uh, propagate that problem. Although we've, we've seen examples out there um, for, for um, areas like uh, crime solving or in, in courts, that have had some issues, uh, even even um, hiring. I think there there was a company that had an AI agent that did hiring and it was trained improperly and ended up discarding the AI agent, ended up discarding all the uh, female candidates, uh, all the resumes from the female candidates. So so there are definitely problems and um, and there's work being done. It also on the research side, not just on the regulatory side, to ensure that we have good data, unbiased data, that's being used to train the AI agents. Is there an inherent bias in giving technology a gender? Chatbots are often female. Siri is a woman. Science fiction author Cory Doctorow once told me that Amazon Alexa is teaching us to yell at women. Is he right? That's very unfortunate if that's the case that society is learning to do that. Um, and, and I can see that that's a possibility uh, because you're asking a lot for some information. And if you're not getting exactly what you want, you might escalate in your rising of your the volume of your voice. It is true that many of these assistants have been given by default female sounding voices and that reinforces the idea because these are called assistants also, these voice assistants, um, that women's place in society is as an assistant. And so it's not just that it's causing or potentially training people to yell at women, but also that it's reinforcing the notion that women's place is as an assistant as opposed to being the one that's doing the primary work. Um, and that can also be a problem. But but there there's work, um, uh, you know, some of these voice assistants and chatbots are trying to address this. And one way is to 
give the user the option to change the voice to a male uh, sounding voice instead. Whether that helps or not, whether people actually make that choice to change the chatbot voice, that we don't know. Whether people are doing that, uh, that they're making that kind of a choice. But there are interactive, when you call a bank or or uh, uh, a company up and you end up with a interactive voice that you um, that you talk to, the company can make that decision of mixing that up between genders. I, I don't know about you, but I've got an iPhone and I think they have recognized that um, Siri as female can be uh, problematic. As a result, there are now male Siri voices as well. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. And I got to tell you, you switch your phone from female Siri to male Siri and wait for it to talk to you, people around you will be shocked and surprised. They have no idea that they're listening to Siri. Like, what is that? That's, a, that's interesting to me, that we've just sort of become accustomed to the idea that if you want help, you have to go to a woman for it. Right. And, um, and, and that goes to the, the question of, is it enough that a company like Apple provides you with the option to switch from a female voice to a male voice because people may not do it if they knew about it and how many people actually know that they can switch the voice. Um, so, so there may be more work that needs to be done here. So Lovelace of the 1800s is considered the mother of computer programming. After poet Lord Byron abandoned her and her mother, mom promoted Ada's interest in math and logic. She was afraid of her husband's perceived insanity. Whatever the motivation... How do we motivate girls today to expand their interest in STEM? Yeah, that, that's a very interesting story about Ada Lovelace. And uh, hopefully it, it, the, we don't need that kind of motivation for encouraging uh, young girls to go into, into STEM. Um, I think that uh, there's, there's a number of different ways in which we could motivate. One is that culturally we want we need to make it acceptable for girls to go into tech. Right now, I think that culturally we make it not acceptable uh, by the images that we see on TV and in movies, the way people talk, their expectations that girls just don't know anything about uh, tech or, or it couldn't possibly be good at math, uh, when this is not true at all. Um, half the AP calculus test takers today are female. But when it comes to computers, there's still a lot of reinforced messages in the culture, um, in Hollywood, in TV shows, in movies that continue to tell girls and tell boys that girls are not meant to do this work. Um, and and if we can change that, if we can get the TV shows and we get the movies to change the messaging and make it very obvious in the messaging that it is for girls to see women uh, doing tech work, um, women as tech characters in TV shows and movies will help a great deal. Um, it, it's important that teachers also... Um, are educated about this so that they don't pass on any unconscious bias and parents as well. 
to help. So, so it's, it's a multi-pronged approach that's needed, but we definitely need Hollywood to be a part of this and to, because there is so much that a parent can do and so much a single teacher can do um, when you're, you're trying to encourage a girl to go into computing or tech because you see that she has the skills and yet you're every, all the efforts that you're making is being neutralized uh, by the messages that the girl is seeing from TV shows and, and movies. Yeah, I think my favorite example of that is the 1999 film The Matrix, in which Neo meets the hacker Trinity, who broke into the IRS database and is surprised to learn that she's female. Yeah. What? I just thought, um, you were a guy. Most guys do. Hopefully in the future, in TV shows and in movies, it won't be a surprise that the tech person is female. But that instead, the attitude becomes, yes, of course, it's it's a woman who's who's doing this tech work or hacking or whatever it is. We need to get to that point where it's just so obvious that you, you wonder why people even questioned why women couldn't do this work. In some sense, we need to get back to those the days when uh, women did the computing work. It was expected that women were the ones that did the computing work. It's, it's not that way now, but, but we don't want to go all the way back. We, we want a gender-balanced workforce in, in computing, right? So it shouldn't be one extreme or the other. The Real Conversations podcast by Nokia, building a future that's sustainable, productive, and inclusive together. Discover how by visiting nokia.com slash no boundaries.